Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is September 16th, 2016. The month of September is now half over. Half over. Uh, we're making good progress towards Ignite. And actually, is that next week? No, it's the following week. Um, it's coming up here. So really cool stuff. I think Microsoft's going to have Ignite. Obviously, that's more of an enterprise play. I'm actually going to be meeting up quite a few people out there. And then there's a Windows Weekly meetup. Uh, some people have messaged me on Twitter and said, hey, they're going to be there. So yeah. We are going to run with that. Ignite is coming. I'm excited for it. Uh, it's in Atlanta this year. Um, they, they moved it. wasn't, what, in Chicago last year and in the spring. So now we're in Atlanta. And I'm actually going to get to do a little bit of golf uh, while I'm down there. I love golf. I'm terrible at it. But I love to, to screw around with golf, go swing some clubs. And so I think I'm going to get to do some of that down in Atlanta. Quite uh, pumped about that. Um, quick update on Therat Premium. Uh, the forums are kicking ass. We're making really good progress. The mockups are all done. They're now being built. And just some people ask, like, are we using IPB? Are we using VBullet? We're not using any of that crap. Uh, I don't like it. I We used it at Neowin, and it's really, like, they're almost, like, legacy products at these, at, like, at this stage anymore. Nobody's really deploying them, um, mostly because they're very heavy in nature. So we're we're gonna build we're building something and it's it's a forum. Don't get me wrong, it is a forum where you can go and create content and do all that good stuff and contribute content. Uh, but it's got a little bit more modern feel to it. It's a little bit more uh, I don't know. It's just a it's just a newer take on a version of forum. It's not completely unique to us, but there's definitely unique aspects to it. Uh, we kind of searched around the web, found the best of the best, and just kind of built our own uh, from that kind of stuff. And they're making good progress. I'm hoping, hoping we'll have more to share here very soon. But let's just dive in, shall we? Um, fun things about this week. Still don't have the new Outlook.com. I know from several readers, they said, hey, we, I've gotten the new stuff. But um, here I am. Uh, still without it. But on the Outlook.com side, Microsoft actually is bringing more support for Google Drive and actually Facebook Photos. So if you are a big user of Outlook.com, you now have additional features. Microsoft, I honestly think, minus, minus this rollout snafu, Outlook.com has served a, a pretty good purpose. Uh, they keep injecting crap into it like Skype and other things. But Microsoft, their email platform has held strong pretty well. So that's Outlook.com. Uh... What else happened this week? Microsoft uh, released the desktop app converter, also known as Project Centennial, to the Windows Store. And with that, they're also releasing Windows 32 apps or converted apps into the Windows Store as well. So this is, I'm, I'm curious to see if this is actually going to drive any app adoption. Microsoft's big goal with this bridge, remember, I believe it was what, uh, not this year, Bill, but the previous year, Microsoft announced all of these bridges. The idea was, hey, leverage the code that you have and bring it to Windows. And they had iOS, Android, uh, Win32, and they also had a web app one. And we all know they killed the Android one in favor of the iOS. And so now we're starting to see a lot more of the desktop Centennial Bridge is now in the Windows Store and making it, that's just where you go and download. You go down, download the bridge from there. It gets serviced just like any other app, gets all the updates. And they also dropped in a few new apps uh, like Evernote, which were used with that project to bring them to the Windows Store. And yeah, so this is good. I, I, I'll be curious to see if developers really kind of adopt this. It, it doesn't seem like I can't imagine that there's any large developer out there that's going, oh, now it's in the Windows Store. Now we're going to use it. Uh, they had access to it if you're you know, a sizable company. Microsoft would have given you the bits. But for maybe if you're a smaller uh, independent app developer and you weren't able to get in on it, you can now download it through the Windows Store. And uh, yeah, 
who can, who knows? Uh, you know, maybe they'll, as Eric points out in the comments, maybe they'll bring Notepad to the Windows Store uh, for Mary Jo Foley. She's a huge user of the Notepad. I use the Notepad actually quite a bit too. It's just a nice little simple, easy to, you know, note-taking application. Anyways, you can go download that now. Just search for it and it should come up. Uh, other things that popped out this week, the anniversary update may take three months to roll out. Mary Jo actually spotted this in a footer of... of uh, an email. And so it's like, why is it going to take three months? Well, here's the reason. It's kind of the same thing they've done previously with every large update. They push it out to a set of users, right? Initially, we have the insider core who gets the anniversary update and they look at the telemetry and then they, they expand that a little bit and they push it to known good configurations and they look at the telemetry and they says, hey, is there anything going on? And then they keep just pushing it out further and further. And each time they make a push, they want to look at the data to make sure there's not any bad installs. So that's why it's going to take, according to them, up to three months to do this. Why they didn't announce that really initially, I guess they did say it was going to roll out um, initially. But, you know, when you say roll out, people generally think one week, two weeks, because uh, there's definitely still people out there without the anniversary update. And that's why it's probably because you have a different type of configuration. It's not as widely common um, compared to some of the other builds out there. But again, if you really want it, you can just go download it directly from Microsoft and install it yourself. So for insiders, anybody who knows what they're doing, this isn't really a big deal. But if you're wondering why your parents don't have it, that is why. So it could be, I think they set up into mid-November before everybody gets it. So there you go. Three months uh, is what they're quoting now, and we'll see. So anniversary update, as we all know. To be honest, if you haven't gotten it by now, it might be a good thing just because there were so many freaking problems with it. Uh, like the webcam and which they I think believe they claim is now fixed. I haven't had any issues So I you know not having any uh, real problems here But I know that quite a few people have had issues So anniversary update. I want to know what they're gonna call their next one If they they're probably not even gonna use a name They're probably just gonna give it like a number just like they did 1511, but the next one I believe should be pretty large um, at least what I've heard, because I don't think they're doing one in November. If they're doing one in November, it's not of anything of serious substance. And so the next one should be pretty large, but I don't, I don't know. They're not really clear. Of course, Microsoft marketing, absolute terrible, or communication has always been terrible. But they're not really clear if they're going to name things or they're just going to go with whatever. Anyways, so I want to dive into the Surface All-in-One uh, here for a minute. So I had some really interesting conversations with many different Microsoft people uh, Paul and obviously I talk to Mary Joan all the time. We just started talking about this. And so if you think about the Surface Book, like this guy right here, you think about the size of this market, right? This is anybody who's buying a laptop. And we know that size is relatively substantial. Microsoft has had over a billion dollar quarters uh, selling, you know, Surface hardware. But a Surface all-in-one, like an iMac, and in the iMac we'll just put on the pedestal as probably the, you know, the flagship of what an all-in-one is in the market. And Apple doesn't sell like hundreds of millions of these things a year. It's not a huge market. This is where like I'm struggling to understand why they would build it a true standalone all-in-one because who's going to buy it? Like don't get me wrong. It could be a fantastic device, but the size of a market, the size of the market for a laptop is significantly larger than the size of the market for an all-in-one. And we already know that service books, they sell well, but they're not like crazy. They're not selling a hundred million of these things a year, not even close to that. So then it's like, you look at the size of the laptop market and then you look at the size of the all-in-one market. It is, it has to be substantially smaller. Microsoft has to know this. So 
I don't necessarily think it makes sense. And, I, and this is a lot of speculation. I don't think it necessarily makes sense that they built a true all-in-one. I really think it's going to be a companion device. Like, think about this. is you, They've sold tons of these surfaces, but they don't have a monitor to connect it. You have to use this ugly dock, right? And here's where I think it actually gets really, really interesting. Um, in this device right here, not in the... Whoops, if I don't break it. Not in the screen, but in the base is a nether gpu what if they built a kick-ass monitor that docks with the surface that has an external gpu in it think about that for a minute like that would be especially for like the surface pro 4 especially for things like this device um right an external gpu on something like this would be that would be really interesting, I think. Like, you dock it to the monitor, and it's probably through a cable, you know, through the standard port. But what if it had an NVIDIA GPU or an ATA or whoever GPU in the monitor itself, like they do with this? And they charge, let's say it's a 27-inch, and they charge, like, 600 bucks for it. Uh, which sounds like a lot, but a high-quality 27-inch 4K monitor, and I would imagine they'd probably do the same resolution. But I think that would be really interesting, and I think... I think they could do it. We already know they can do it with the Surface Book. Uh, the question is, did they think that far ahead when they're planning the Surface Pro 4 with the connector to be able to do that? I don't, I don't have all these answers, but I think that that type of a device would be unique enough that it would warrant people to who have a Surface, which we know have sold a decent amount, to be able to attach it to that and run with it. I don't know. I, I, I really hope that they come out with a monitor that is the same aspect ratio as the surface. And then I was trying to think, well, what would they do to differentiate it? Yes, everything on the market is 16 by nine, they can go 16 by 10 or whatever the aspect ratio is the same, you know, super high quality pixels, the highest quality pixels as Microsoft likes to say. So I don't know, I'd love to hear people's feedback on a monitor that attaches to the surface that has a GPU built in. Now where it gets even more interesting even more interesting is what if it worked with Continuum as well? And I know these are kind of like far-fetched thoughts here, but what if it, it could work in conjunction with, say, like a Lumia, you know, one of these guys? And then you build a Surface phone uh, that supports Continuum that can connect to the monitor that has a GPU in it. That would be really, really interesting to me. And that would be, in my opinion, enough of a market differentiator for them to say, hey, let's... Let's try this out. Let's try this out. Now, Microsoft, um, there's a lot of people in the comments asking, would it be USB-C? Uh, would it be HDMI? Would it be DisplayLink? I want to get caught up in what the proprietary cable is right now, uh, or the non-proprietary proprietary cable. Microsoft could always just utilize the dock port in that aspect that they could go their own route. Um, I just, I, I think that might be where they are heading. That's honestly where I hope that they're heading because let's give some kick-ass accessories and maybe they can actually jumpstart the Windows mobile ecosystem, right? If Imagine if you had a phone and that monitor, you take the phone with you, but when you dock it, hell, it can play games, like real games, because it has a dedicated GPU. It'd be interesting. I, I, that's that's kind of where my mind's been, been running with this, about how Microsoft could build an all-in-one, and not even truly an all-in-one, a monitor or a display companion to the Surface device that's truly different, Right? Because they've always talked about how these devices are the only devices you need. 
uh, well, let's let's complete the scenario. Let's complete the desktop experience because they have they they do have a dock. Don't get me wrong. Microsoft has a dock, but it's it's not great, right? You plug it in and you get one. Uh, there's two Display Ports out, but it's really just one Display Port that's split. And I know this because you can't run two 4K monitors off of it. You can only run one 4K. So that's 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 an interesting thought. And, you know, let me know your feedback and we'll see if we can find anything more that kind of runs with that. But those are, that's kind of like my Surface Book, Surface Device Companion dream is that Microsoft allows me to just dock this thing. I have dual monitors hooked up through this thing and it's truly just one device. That would be, that would be, that'd be a pretty neat scenario in my opinion. So we'll see, we'll see what Panos and team have up their sleeve. Um, but I can tell you what they don't have up their sleeve is a band. So this kind of broke this week. And I remember last week I said, hey guys, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with health. But uh, I, I, I know I mentioned in last week's show, I was like, hey, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with health. And I don't know if people like ran with that or whatever, but Microsoft is like, hey, a whole bunch of people are contacting us about health. You were one of the first. Um, and I talked to them quite a bit about this. And so the idea was what is happening with the future of the band? Because I... I know where to ask to see if like, hey, if something's like happening typically, and it's been like complete radio silence about a band three, just absolutely nothing. Like not even like, ah, we're thinking about it, like just complete silence. And then you had health, which was pretty much attached to band because it was really the only device utilizing it. And while it was being updated, uh, don't get me wrong, they were continuing to update it. So it wasn't like a dead platform. It was just, it was odd, right? We didn't really have a future of where this stuff was going. So I kept asking and asking and asking. And they told me um, really nothing. <laughs> I kept asking and they, they gave the generic quote and you can go read it in the post. They sent the same thing to everybody. What I do know is at least from the people who have typically been pretty accurate about this information, the band three doesn't look like it's happening. And if it is happening, it doesn't sound like it's happening anytime soon. So Mary Jo, actually, we were talking offline, believes the same thing. And I think she actually wrote it in her post as well. We went like completely separately. We went live with our post almost at the exact same time. It, it was just, just coincidence. There really wasn't anything going on behind the scenes there. So I haven't heard anything about a band three. Um, nobody really else has either. And so I, I'm, I'm really of the opinion that they're not building a band three and the band two, this guy's been discontinued. Microsoft will tell you, yes, it's still available. Uh, it's marginally available. You're buying leftover old stock at this point. And we know that a lot of people have had quality issues with the band breaking or, or splitting per se. And I, d I don't know if Microsoft just never made the impact in this space or the margins weren't high enough. Keep in mind that Microsoft is getting real particular about their margins lately. Um, like it just wasn't profitable enough to be warranted to continue it right it's one thing to have a fan base of it but it's another thing to actually sell these things in a high enough volume to justify the r d and expense that goes into them so i if you're holding out for band three i i don't know what to tell you eric uh, Chu, before the show started we were talking about it and he says he has a band two and was thinking about going to the apple watch actually he's on his second one correct sorry to correct myself he's on his second band 
He's like, hey, should I go an Apple Watch? Um, I have one as well right here. They're they're good devices. If you're looking for a smartwatch, the Apple Watch is fine. It's the same thing you get with every Apple Watch, every Apple device. It's good. It's high-quality high hardware. It's nothing, like, crazy exciting by any means, but it works. I will tell you that the sensors in the Apple Watch are not as good as the band. Uh, when I exercise and run, I wear the band always because it has proven, at least on three separate occasions, to be more accurate than the Apple Watch. So, from a fitness device, Apple it fails according to the band. Although I will argue that the uh, Apple watch does do notifications a little bit better. So there you go. Not that everyone should go buy an Apple watch. It's really honestly not for everybody. If you get a lot of notifications, it's great. It's, it's a marginal health device. If you truly want a health device, I would probably look at a Fitbit over the, the Apple watch personally, but that's just me. So that's the band. Uh, the other thing Microsoft did, very oddly timed, by the way, like the day after all these stories went live, they renamed the health app to Microsoft Band, which was really weird because Microsoft initially promoted the health app as a way to connect a lot of devices. And so there were some crazy theories out there that, hey, you know, your phone can also connect to the health app and, and upload data. And but then they renamed it Band. So my gut reaction to that was, was well, they're going to use the health name for something else that they looked at the health name and like, ah, it's not really accomplishing its goal. Um, so they're, they're going to rebrand it. Now they have done this before. This is not a precedent to remember the surface. Uh, the surface brand used to be that big table thing. Uh, they used to take them to CES all the time and whatever. And they rebranded the book and the pro for surfaces or not rebranded, but they, they stole that name for that and renamed it. It was initially, uh, whatever perceptive pixel or is that who they bought or whatever. Um, and now we have the Surface Hubs out of it, not the Surface, you know, whatever. So it's not uncommon for Microsoft to completely steal a name like that. But it does happen. So I'll be curious to see what happens to health. I don't think it'll happen right away. Typically when they do these things, there's a little bit of a gap. But we shall see what happens. So jumping into Windows 10, Microsoft released a new build this week, 14926. And there's a couple new features out there. There's a new Edge uh, snooze thing, which is, okay, this is... I don't think snooze should have been the right word. I, I suspect that they might change that or do anything. But what happens is, is if, and I do this as well, if you have a, a browser open, sometimes you'll leave a lot of tabs open as like a to-do list, right? You'll leave an email tab open. You'll leave like an Amazon one if you got to buy something um, or whatever. And then when you get back to that tab, you complete the task or whatever. So in Edge, what you can do now is right mouse click on a tab and go down to snooze. And what it does is it fires up Cortana and allows you to create a reminder from that tab. And then it actually saves the website and then it will remind you at a later time. So it's not a bad feature. I think it's, you know, it's nifty. It's whatever. It's a nice little uh, perk if you're in the Cortana world and you use Edge. But, I mean, it's not anything crazy. But at least we're back into the world of Microsoft dropping new features. And another new feature. And this one I'm actually really, really pumped about. And it's stupidly simple. With this version of Windows 10... When you log in, I use a pin to log in. Uh, sometimes NumLock is not turned on or off correctly, and you go to you start typing on the keypad and all that good stuff, and the numbers just don't show up. And so then you hit enter, and then it tries to log you in and fails. What Microsoft has done in this build is it's now ignoring the NumLock state. So anytime you're on the login screen and you just start type using the keypad, the numbers will show up. So you don't have to look and see is NumLock on or off. You just start typing and hit enter, and it'll work every time. So... I really like that change. I have been 
not burned by it, but I've hit that kind of like usability issue where you're just, you know, you walk down my office in my basement, walk downstairs with my OJ and just type it in, hit enter. And it's like, ah, dang it. So that isn't now in here. Um, on the mobile side, they are just kind of refining the network settings to make it look like the desktop. And I think we're going to see this as a theme going across. I think they're going to make the mobile side look very, very, very close to what the desktop side is. Why? Well, obvious reasons why it's they don't have to duplicate their work every time they make a change. When they do it on the desktop side, they can just push it to the mobile and it's less work. So why have uh, slightly you know augmented or slightly different screens on the mobile device compared to the desktop? They're just going to make them one, and that way it's going to be easier to service the Windows 10 mobile side. Uh, mostly because, as we all know, that, that market share is dwindling because they're not putting out new phones. Third-party vendors are sort of pushing stuff out, but nothing in any significant volume. So they're just trying to do this to make it streamlined, and I honestly think it makes sense. Something new that did show up, and this is the fun time. This is why I love these new builds. Uh, in the settings, in the settings of 14926, Windows Anywhere showed up. Uh, this this Windows Anywhere setting, you can go check it out. And digging into it, actually, Hacksroad, or what typically referred to as Walking Cat on Twitter, actually, I don't know how this dude finds all this stuff. I don't know if he like documents it and, and comes back to it later. But he found a job description that says, uh, the Windows user experience is moving to the cloud. Your user experience will follow you. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder... My, my mind initially went to, hey, I wonder if Microsoft, and, and this actually is a crazy thought here, and just bear with me while I kind of just flesh this out. Microsoft has a ton of services, right? Outlook, OneDrive, uh, Skype, um, all sorts of things on the web. Imagine, and I don't think this is coming like today or tomorrow, but I, I would imagine a day that you just fire up a web browser, anything, and you can log into an instance of Windows that is really just the Microsoft ecosystem. And so you log in and you can use your mouse and keyboard and all your OneDrive stuff is there, all your Outlook.com stuff there is there, all your Office 365 stuff is there. And it's just basically a Windows experience in the browser. And, and why it's called Windows Anywhere is imagine you're at like a friend's house or you're at uh, work or you're whatever and you need something off your machine and you can't quite get to it or whatever. And so you can go through this Windows Anywhere experience. And so... That, that would be, I think we all kind of agree that uh, the browser is kind of the future of the PC. It, at least I, I believe this, that, um, you know, one day the browser is all you're going to need. Everything will run relatively, you know, there'll be exceptions like video editing and, and CAD software. But for the most part, even today, you can pretty much get anything you need in a browser. You have Office in there, you have all your files, you have a storage system. And so I think this is going to be the evolution of Windows and maybe potentially that's how they're thinking of Windows anywhere is that this experience through the web that allows you to get all your content in a secure environment through a browser. So we'll see, we'll see how this uh, kind of, you know, fleshes itself out. But I don't know, it's interesting. That's why, this is why this is the fun time. Now be careful throwing these builds on your machine. Uh, desktop has been okay, but there's a lot of, this has been a bad week for phone users, every phone user, just about. So what ha what has happened in like the past week and a half? Uh, Samsung Android devices are exploding. Um, Apple, when iOS 10, that's what, which I, f I found this hilarious, when they initially fired up iOS 10, they're like, hey, go download the good stuff. They screwed something up in the back end. And anybody who got it within like the first hour had to basically reflash their entire device 
Uh, speaking of which, my iPhone 7 should show up today. I'm kind of listening to see if FedEx is actually going to knock on the door. And so Apple bricked, bricked, people were saying bricked, but they're not truly bricked. You had to plug them back into iTunes and do all that. But the reason why I found this hilarious is this was, was happening to iPad Pros. And when an iPad Pro has this happen, what does it tell you to do? Plug it into a PC. Your iPad Pro, <laughs> you had to fix it. You're going to plug it into a PC. Ah, and then uh, Microsoft with 14926, there's a lot of issues on the mobile fast ring. Um, people are saying that their SIM is not being found and that they can't make calls. So Windows Phone got hit by a bad update with the fast ring, which granted fast ring updates that are breaking phones are a little bit different than production. So, but anyways, I know a lot of people are on the fast ring. And then we have the Android devices exploding and Apple screwing over people who are early adopters of Windows 10 on production. So that's just kind of been the week in a nutshell for mobile users. But here's another feature that is coming, and I, I believe it's coming to Windows 10. I don't quite know if it's coming as an app or a specific feature, but Microsoft is working on a new inking feature. It's kind of like a, a dial. And from what I understand, it's remember like OneNote has this kind of feature. And so it's a dial that's great for inking, drawing, and zooming. Uh, and it would be interesting that if this would come to the Cardinal, which again, is the monitor. I would imagine Microsoft would put touch and pen support on the monitor as well. And so uh, it's being kind of pegged as the easiest way to turn your device into like an Etch-a-Sketch real quick. Like you just get a dial, bam, get your features, draw, and you're done and kind of goes away. So look for this new inking experience to come to Windows 10 here in the relatively near future. I'm fairly confident we will see this. So that is uh, something that is coming. Ooh, what else did Microsoft do this week? So Microsoft, if you're an Edge user, you're getting the best battery life of any browser, it seems. Uh, Microsoft was able to recreate the Chrome browser test where uh, Google was talking about how their how Chrome 53, which is the latest version, has significantly improved battery life. But what they didn't say is that Chrome 53 has better battery life than Edge. And so because they didn't say that, the folks at Microsoft were like, hmm... I wonder if we can actually test this. And so they claim that they were able to reproduce the test and lo and behold, Edge still gets better battery life. So Edge on a laptop is actually a really smart decision because you're going to get more efficient operations uh, when browsing. And so there you go. Now on the desktop, I guess if you're like really concerned about how much power you're drawing through your home network or your home, whatever, uh, home power grid, Edge would still be a great thing to use too, but definitely on a laptop, it seems like Edge has the advantage over Chrome, at least in power consumption. And so the best thing about this is now we have Microsoft and Google competing about power consumption. In the end, the user wins. This is why uh, competition is great. Other thing to keep in mind is Microsoft is now setting expiration dates for insider builds. They, here's the reason why. They don't want you running older insider builds because it does them no good. And so they're going to start expiring these things a lot faster. So just be aware that if you're on the insider branch, especially on the fast ring, that you're updating consistently because your machine might suddenly find itself um, not on the ring that Microsoft wants you on because they're not getting any good data. And they'll start restarting your machine and doing all that kind of stuff. So just be aware. If you're an insider, keep, keep running the latest builds. Otherwise you might end up with a machine that you don't really like uh, because it, it keeps restarting and all that stuff. Other things that Microsoft did this week, other things that went on. So they, they rolled out their Microsoft rewards program, which is an update to Bing. Uh, it's a transition from Bing rewards to Microsoft rewards. 
And so, <laughs> okay. Microsoft has an issue, a conspiracy theory related issue that Microsoft is collecting all this information about you with Windows 10. All this information and they're giving it to governments, the third party agencies, and they're tracking everything and they know everything that you can do. That's what everybody is saying. Not everybody. And there's apps out there that kill telemetry, which I don't inst recommend installing unless you're really like tinfoil. Then just run Windows 7, I guess. But... Uh, mostly because it breaks other features about Windows. People run this stuff, and they're like, oh, hey, yeah, this is whatever. Um, and this reward program, which right now is currently U.S. only, has a new feature where Microsoft will monitor your browsing for up to 30 hours a month and give you rewards. Now, they claim they're not tracking what websites you're going, but they, they can track clearly that your browser is open and being used. So by using Edge you get points for Microsoft Rewards. And this is completely opt-in, by the way, that you have to opt into this program. It's not on by default or anything else like that. But yeah, you opt in and Microsoft just monitors that you're using Edge for up to 30 hours a month and they give you points for it. And so it's just kind of a little creepiness on top of the people that were already scared. Is this, hey, Microsoft can actually monitor this. And you know very well that if they can monitor that, in theory, if they want to, they could probably monitor the web pages you are going to uh, and just about everything else. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it just kind of makes you feel not good about Microsoft. It's like, guys, really, like, you could have just, you could have worked this another way, I, I think. But uh, obviously they don't want people to game the system is one of the issues. But yeah, so that Microsoft rewards stuff. Uh, what else is going on in the world of Microsoft this week? You know, we're back into the world of insider builds coming up relatively quickly, which is good. Uh, Microsoft went through, and I was actually surprised because they, they quoted this or they put this out on Twitter, that they upgraded their telemetry systems or whatever their back end system. Um, yeah. And they said, hey, it's going to take longer to roll out. But uh, yeah, no, it, it, it didn't take any time to roll out. Um, Eric asked in the comments, he said, what's the scoop? Well, I already ran through it. It's the inking support. It's the additional, the little dial thing. I told you guys it wasn't like anything crazy. It's just the new dial support that's coming for the pen. Uh, Microsoft is trying really significantly hard to get people to use their pen more because they don't use it very often. Uh, I mean, they I use mine, but it's not like a daily thing or even a weekly thing. So they want this dial to make it easier to mark up content really, really quickly. So the pen, it's good peripheral, but it's just not really, uh, really it. So... So there you go, guys. Uh, other things, we should be starting to see builds come a lot faster. And keep your eyes and ears out for what Microsoft is going to talk about in October. So that we sh as we get closer, more people start learning about what is actually happening. And when that happens, then things start to leak out. I'm hopefully going to start hearing about things relatively soon. But if we're looking late October, we're about, eh, about six or seven weeks away I would imagine when we get to about three weeks away is when we'll start to learn a lot more. And then typically it's about two weeks out when Microsoft sends the invites or 10 days. Yeah, 10 days is actually a little bit closer. So we will see what Microsoft has up their sleeve. Other people have been saying that maybe Microsoft is going to use it to help showcase other hardware. There was a lot of feedback um, from OEMs last year during Christmas that Microsoft didn't promote third-party hardware enough. Um, I don't want to mention the vendors, but they were pretty pissed at Microsoft because obviously they pushed the Surface Books and Surface Pro 4 and not typically, so to lay the foundation, what Microsoft will do is you'll see this and if you pay attention, you'll definitely know it. Um, 
there'll be like a, a Windows 10 ad and at the end it'll show like a Dell XPS 13 or an HP Spectre or whatever. Microsoft really didn't do that last year and it actually impacted the sales of their uh, their partners, their hardware. And so this event in October also might be used to showcase some of that stuff. And the last thing which I'm still digging about and I'm really hoping that Microsoft is going to show off the streaming sticks uh, that I uncovered earlier this year. I don't quite know what... Um, where they are but the one thing is actually mary joe got the the name of the event at the end of october is codenamed rio and rio was the name of what microsoft used to demo their streaming games uh it was like at a microsoft company conference uh back when bomber was there like 2013 or something like that so I'm kind of hoping that we're going to see that. I, I don't have any information I've asked, and it's just been kind of radio silence. Microsoft builds lots of things that they don't ship. Uh, there's other wearables that Microsoft has built that aren't quite banned. Um, there was a Cortana thing that they built, like a clip on this Cortana thing that never saw the light of day. And so we will see what Microsoft has in store, but I, I it's still a little, little bit fuzzy at this time. So I'm going to end uh, this show on an insider tip of the week. So there was a story that came out this week of a guy who ran into his burning home because on his laptop, there were two novels that he had written and he didn't back them up anywhere. He, he quite literally ran into a burning house. So the insider tip of the week is use OneDrive, uh, back up all your stuff or Dropbox or Google Drive or whatever, whatever your cloud storage service of choice is. Make sure you're backing up to the cloud um, you know, frequently I do it, uh, actually just about every day because all my content is actually saved onto OneDrive, which is super convenient because I can get it on any of these devices. So that's insider tip of the week back up to OneDrive. Uh, thanks for watching everybody. This has been another edition of the Sam's report and have a great weekend.